0: On this journey with me. Each week when you join me, we are going to chase down our goals, overcome adversity, and set you up for a better tomorrow.
1: I'm ready for my close-up. Hi,
0: and welcome back. I'm so grateful that you are here with me today. Okay, there's so much going on, I don't even know where to start. And I know that you know this, but you know, some weeks, especially during the pandemic. Just everything feels so flipping, overwhelming, that tougher than normal. And I'm right there with you if you feel like that. Sometimes I'm having one of those weeks. As you know, my son's dog died last week and it was just awful watching him suffer and basically just feeling powerless. You know, I I couldn't fix it and just a tragedy and just stinks. It's awful, heartbreaking. So we went to the Keys which was great and super fun. And then it kind of feels sad when you come home, right? Because you sort of escape for a minute. And when you're out on the ocean on a jet ski or on a boat or, you know, doing these things, you forget about the pandemic. You forget about, you know, being stuck at home and trying to stay safe. You forget about thinking, oh my gosh, is there going to be school in a few more weeks when my son's supposed to start? Because this is a real problem. I For me, working from home, and having him in the next room trying to get him to do Zoom school was a nightmare. You know, he did not thrive in that environment. I did not thrive in that environment. It was really hard. There was no space. There was no separation. And it was just really challenging. So coming back from the keys for the weekend was a little bit of a bummer for both of us. We kind of both felt a, a little down, you know, that we didn't... Oh, I don't want this reality that we have right now to be here again. However, there's lots of good going on and I'm learning so much about this new this new normal, you know, essentially this virtual business that I've created and am continuing to evolve. You know, I had no idea what I was doing May 1st when I started this mentoring program. No clue. I just made it 100% guaranteed, money back guarantee because I believe in my products, I believe in doing a good job for people. And I believe when you start from there, when you come from a place of delivering, you know, and bringing your best self to whatever job or opportunity you have, you're going to do good, create good, and something good will come of it. So I just took a chance and said, okay, I'll do this program, see what happens, whatever it was, 10 people signed up and... In the first month, I was very structured around my 30-day confidence creation program and steps. And and now it's evolved over the last three months to be something that is so amazing and powerful. And one of the value adds that I didn't recognize was our weekly team meeting where everybody kind of holds each other accountable, raises the bar, pushes one another, and contributes and gives advice, support, and help to the other members of the team, which has been so cool to watch. And today, so random, I guess it was two weeks ago, one of my team members challenged me and said, hey, you need to bring some of your really high-profile podcast guests here to our team meeting. And, you know, of course, I'm thinking, oh, gosh, they're not going to... You know, these people are in quarantine. These people are stuck at home. These people are losing their speaking revenue. You know, everybody's in this whole S show. And uh, I don't know that they're going to want to take their precious time and give it to me. I'm not paying them to do it. When someone does a podcast, they're promoting themselves. They're reaching thousands of people via your podcast. And there's value there, right? That's the value add. But if you're coming to a team meeting of 10 people... The probability of you capitalizing or converting that into revenue just isn't as obvious or large, right? But I, because I had been challenged, I said, okay, I'm gonna do it. And I text Chris Voss, who had been, it's the most downloaded show on my podcast. If you haven't heard it, go back and listen to it. This guy's so good the world's number one FBI negotiator. And he shares all of his insights and tips, super powerful. So I sent the text and you know he came back and said, yeah, I'll do it. And, and so today we had him on our team meeting today and he was so great and so giving and helpful. And my team was able to ask him direct questions. So each person you know, was asking different questions around their business and how would you handle this? Or one person shared a success story from reading his book and it was really special super cool, a really unique kind of experience that I I'm so proud that we were able to deliver for everyone and so grateful to Chris for doing. And yes, the first thing I did as soon as we hung up was I ran to my computer and Googled his favorite whiskey because I pay really close attention to specifics around people and what's important to them, what they like, you know, what they mention in a conversation. And he had mentioned this very specific 21-year-old whiskey. So I I Googled it immediately and sent it to his home as a thank you because, you know, while I'm sure his speaker fee is probably, who knows, $30,000 Thirty or $40,000, $50,000 a speech. He did give us that time and I wanted to show to him, it, you know, it really meant a lot to me and I'm, I'm super grateful for it. So to that end, you know, we had this great meeting today and, and it reminded me of some of his teachings that I had forgotten about, right? Like when you're immersed in something, you're reading a book, you're doing an interview, you're so in it that you're hyper aware. But then here we are six months later and I've kind of forgot some of his teachings and it just reminds me, which I hope you can identify something in your life, whether it be a book or a teaching or a masterclass or whatever, whatever it is, you know, go back and revisit these things six months later, because it really helps to sharpen and and remind you what you forgot. You might know something, but you might've forgotten about it. And on the call today, a couple of the key things were he was talking about, lead with what your objections are, put them front and center. So for him, he was speaking to police officers and he was leading with, let me tell you why you're not going to want to listen to me. I'm not a police officer. Leading with all of the things that they wouldn't like about him, that he didn't want them sitting and stewing on. He wanted to just bring them front and center and it was interesting. A woman on my team said, hey, Chris, how would you handle it if people don't like doing business with you because you're a woman? And he said, lead with that, right? Like get it out of the way. And that was a really insightful teaching that he shared with me in the podcast, but I forgot about it. And there's so many times and instances in business where we try to cover up, but we're not creating trust and safety if we're not leading with truth and, and really stepping into what The other person might be thinking. So I thought that was really, really powerful and great advice. He went through a number of different other solutions, ideas, and, you know, and ultimately teachings with us today and how he would handle things. That was really, really helpful. But I was just blown away at how much we can forget in such a short window. So whatever that teaching was that you experienced six months ago that you thought, wow, this is really good, it's really helping me, go back and revisit it. Maybe it's a podcast, maybe it's listening to the Chris Voss podcast, but go back and immerse yourself in it for a hot minute, for an hour, whatever it may be, because when you refresh yourself on these teachings that we already know, but we might have forgotten, it can really help us for that next meeting, that next conversation. That was really valuable to me today. So then I just had this really interesting conversation with a friend of mine that I wanted to share with you. He just launched his new business and he was saying that he just fired his first customer and it's scary and it's freaking hard. And I'm so here for him on that because when you're starting out new in anything or when times change, like the pandemic hits and you're uncertain about business and revenues, it's hard to hold your ground and listen to your intuition and act on it. You know, it's like, that's the moments you're really being tested. And the fact is, if you want to step into your most powerful self, if you want to be your most confident self, you've got to listen and act on your intuition. And he did that, even though he was second guessing himself, you know, he had, Signed a client who just, every time they would speak, she was complaining about how much money she was paying him. Every time they would speak, she wanted to revisit, you know, what the outcomes are and what work was he doing and how much time. She was just beating him over the head. And that's no way to to do business, to appreciate a partner, a vendor, or whatever. And, and I really wanted to support him on that. That I always say, fire your villains. And sometimes a villain is a client that's paying you a lot of money but is sucking the life out of you. And I have another friend who works for her villain and has worked for her villain for a really long time. She's super successful. She hates her boss. And every time I talk to her, she brings that up. And in the back of my mind, I always think, wow, I feel lucky in some ways I got fired, you know, because I fired my villain that day, The, the day that lady thought she fired me, I fired her from my life. And that really helped open doors to allow space for positive people to show a positive opportunity that wouldn't have come in otherwise had I still been surrounded by that negative person. So whenever you have that chance, whenever you're having that internal question, fire the villain. Act on your intuition, even though it might seem scary, even though you don't know what you're going to do, even though you don't know where the revenue is going to come from. Those things will unfold. It's not about having all those answers in that moment. It's about standing up for you and what's right for you and taking care of you. And firing the villain. So I just wanted to remind you guys that that's super important. And I posted yesterday about my TEDx talk. I posted a clip and it was all about firing villains. So I thought that was serendipitous that that came up today. Okay. Okay. Another thing that came up this week, one of my clients was talking about since the pandemic hit, her business completely just disappeared. She had no clients. Well, over the last three months, she's taken some new strategies that we've been working on, implemented them, and her business is flourishing right now. So she was in a challenging situation in that the people she accepted as clients back in March, April were paying virtually nothing. And she was taking the business because she needed it, which is fine. Over the last 90 days or last few months, she's really grown her business and now has very high-ticket clients that are coming in for big dollars and not a lot of work. So you got to constantly reevaluate your business, reevaluate how you're spending your time. And in different times, in different periods, one thing may work, something else may not. So she said, how do I go back now? She said, I have to fire some of these really low-end clients that I was desperate for back in March-April. I don't have the time to do that or support them now. And she felt really badly, right? She's a nice person, and she doesn't want to let people down. She'd made a commitment. But here's the thing, and and this is what I want to share with you. You don't need to feel bad telling someone no. You don't need to feel bad making a different decision today. You don't need to feel bad about that. What you need to do though is communicate, you know, that's what's critical and that's what I share with her. So we walked through strategized, and planned and, and really did some role playing around what does this conversation look like? So my suggestion was to contact that nice person that she likes so much that is paying her nothing and let them know, listen, when, you know, at the beginning of pandemic or, you know, whenever we started working together, I had plenty of time to support you, your initiatives, and deliver on your objectives. However, over the last few months, business has completely changed, as I'm sure your world has completely changed, Mr. Client, Mr. Advertiser, Mr. Whoever you are. I'm sure you understand that things are changing so rapidly for all of us. It's been a challenge to navigate. That's why I'm on the phone with you today today unfortunately, I don't have the time any longer to support your needs. However, what I wanted to do was get ahead of that and let you know, I'll finish this you know, situation or commitment through the end of the month. And I wanted to connect you to someone that I believe can support you in another way and, and has the time flexibility to take something like this on and do a great job for you. Because unfortunately for me, slash fortunately, my business has grown so rapidly, I can't deliver on it for you anymore. And when I explained that to her and then I said, listen, put yourself in the shoes. And this is an exact analogy I gave her. I said, let's make believe that I call you. And I say, listen, I I know that when we started working together, this was our agreement. However, my business has changed drastically over the last few months, as I'm sure yours has, too, given these very interesting, different, uncertain times. Everyone's business is challenging, changing and, you know, is unexpected, essentially. To that end... I am no longer going to be able to support and deliver for you in the way that I have been because my business has completely evolved and now I'm taking on much larger projects which are limiting my time. I'm not able to deliver on this one-on-one type initiative any longer. I truly hope you understand. However, I've got someone great that I believe you would really like to work with. I'd like to make that introduction for you and continue to cheer you on from afar. And she's so funny. She says okay, I I totally understand and I would understand that. However, that sucks. I don't like that. And it was funny. And and I said, no, I I get it. It's not what you want, right? It's not what you want to hear. However, no one's going to fight you on it. Everyone's going to essentially understand because when we put ourselves in that other person's shoes, It is understandable. And this is the process of growth and the process of businesses and evolving as a human, as a business person, you know, in whatever situation we outgrow situations, we outgrow clients, we outgrow businesses, jobs, relationships, whatever. And it's about communicating that, which is key. And I can't think back in my career at a time where someone might have outgrown me, whether it be an employee or a client or whatever, that if they communicated that to me in a clear and honest manner, I didn't applaud them, support them, and continue to want to support them from afar. So we don't need to feel bad about saying no. We just need to communicate what that looks like. And when we can, if we can offer another solution or a plan B, I really believe that's you know, going the extra mile and really trying to show that, hey, I didn't just shoot you a quick email. I really put some thought into this and, and, and want to continue to, you know, work from afar together and support each other from afar. So, oh my gosh, there's so many more things that I could get into right now. It's insane, but I'm not going to do that because the reason why I'm here today for this show is to interview someone that I'm a huge personal fan of, totally fanned out interviewing him. You guys know I'm obsessed with the Peloton bike and pandemic. I, you know, I don't know what I would have done without it because gyms were closed and I really, because I'm in a building in Miami, I couldn't really go out of the house much. And anyway, it it saved me. Well, one of the things that I learned from utilizing the Peloton, and this is a business life lesson, right? Is that I realized some people, some teachers, some individuals, some speakers, whatever it may be, are amazing in-person However, when they have to convert through a virtual platform, they fall short. They're not as strong. And I don't know what that intangible is. And I wonder if you've had an experience like this, like if you've seen an amazing speaker live at an event and you're blown away, but then they have a podcast and it just eh, falls flat. There's something that doesn't connect, right? I wonder if you've ever felt like this or a person that you even meet in real life and you think, wow, this person knocks me over. And then you're on a telephone call with them and there isn't that. That magic is just gone, right? So essentially that in certain environments when their message is delivered through certain platforms, it's one way. But in different environments and delivered through different platforms, it's a different way. I hope that makes sense to you which I'm thinking a lot about now because how many of us are now operating virtually and the challenges and or opportunities with that. Well, to to the point of this interview today with my favorite Peloton instructor who I just absolutely love and makes me laugh and smile on the darkest days in pandemic and in the middle of all this insanity really connects with me at such a real strong level, he's got that magic that – Yes, I'm sure you can tell he's a great instructor live. I've never taken one of his live classes, but I'm sure it's insane. The magic comes through the machine. It comes through the computer platform, and some teachers don't. And I've taken some different classes and seen where it connects or it doesn't connect, and I don't know what that non-tangible is. I don't know what that magic is, why some people can do it or some can't. But one of the things that he does differently... That I don't see other people, he really is himself beyond, like be beyond. And by that I mean, picture you go into a job. And so for Peloton, you have to be able to cheer on your clients. You have to instruct. You have to pick out good music. You have to call out what the next move is gonna be. You have to create a rhythm. There's all these specifics, right? That everybody has to do. However, I'm sure it doesn't say check the box here if Britney Spears is your favorite artist and you're going to go crazy and F things up, which is essentially what he says all the time when she comes on and and then you're going to grab your wig, and he has all of these very unique directives and or qualities about him that aren't on the check here list, right? They're not on the and then instructor must. It's just him bringing his crazy, unique flavor to the party, and it reminds me just that in business, in life, and in a relationship, and whatever. When you bring your real flavor, the real you, the one that sometimes you're thinking, but why would anyone care that I'm nerdy and I I know a lot about poems or whatever your thing is or that I'm an artist and that I love doing this? you know But when you bring your real flavor, even when you're wondering, holy cow, people are going to make fun of me. They're not going to like this. It's not going to connect. I'm going to alienate myself because that was one of the things I thought about before I interviewed Cody, who you're going to meet in a minute, I was thinking about that, that that had to be a risk because he is a gay man, and he does have a different angle and lens, he sees things through, and it is unique. And sometimes people get nervous that unique is bad, but what he taught me and kind of what analyzing this and preparing for this interview today taught me is that that's the magic. The freaking uniqueness is the magic. For all those years in corporate America where I dialed down how I looked, where I pulled back on speaking up in meetings when someone was a complete jackball and I knew I could add so much value, but I saw someone shoot me a dirty look, basically saying, shut it, Heather, don't talk right now, where I didn't take the opportunity, where I didn't lean in. Those are the moments now that I regret, not the ones I'm saying, oh, wow, good job, Heather, surviving and being you know, a 80% version of yourself, screw that. This life, it gets clearer and more clear to me every day that it's about stepping into that red dress, about rocking your blonde hair. That's, you know, I love red dresses and I like rocking my blonde hair when it's the right shade, which it currently isn't, but that's a whole other situation. However, it's about stepping into who you really are. There's so much vanilla in the world and yes, vanilla will let you survive and vanilla everyone likes for the most part, and and vanilla will let you fly under the radar, but I can tell you this, I was not born to fly under a radar, Cody for sure was not born to do that, and by stepping into who he really is, and owning that unique flavor, it's made him a monster, master instructor, trainer, you know, and now he's got an agent, who knows what he's going to be doing next, it's going to be something freaking huge, because he's different. Because he's unique. Yes, he has that amazing and tangible that he can connect through different platforms. Yes, he's healthy and strong and fit and skilled and all these different things. And yes, you had to have those things to show up to the party. But what really separates him from the pack is owning that crazy, unique, different flavor, which is him. And it just reminds me that I want to own that crazy, unique nuts flavor that is me, and I want you to step in and own yours. That's how you set yourself apart. That's how you become innovative. That's how you become the unicorn, and that's how you really start to shine your light. So can't wait for you to meet my fave peloton instructor the man that definitely got me through some very dark days during quarantine and is going to put a smile on your face as he does on mine so hang tight we'll be right back And welcome back. I am so excited to introduce you to former professional dancer. Cody brings energy, movement, and authenticity to everything he does. He's born in the West, but raised in the South. Cody always dreamed of life in the big city. Now he's living it. Wigs on tight, shine your light. I've got Peloton master instructor with me, Cody Rigsby. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you.
0: I'm so excited. So Cody, this is so weird for me because I very often in the business community will get recognized for different things from people I don't know and they feel like they know me because they know my show. But now I'm doing that with you. I know you and you don't know me and it is such a bizarre feeling. Is that so weird for you that this happens all the time? I'm sure.
1: I mean, at, you know, at first it was something to get used to. I mean, I've been at Peloton for six years and we've been building the brand and building um, just our presence in the world. And so, um, It comes with the territory. I've gotten used to just knowing how to navigate it. But I also just think it's really cool when people are, are you coming from Peloton? It used to, you know, it used to happen a lot at airports. I mean, it still does, but I have not (laughs) flown in what like six months and don't plan on flying for quite some time. But it's it's cool. You know, it's a unique experience.
0: NetSuite.com slash Monaghan. Are you tired of the stress and chaos of live launching? Who isn't, right? But if you've tried going evergreen, you know that's not the solution either. Hello, low conversions. So what's the answer? The Circuit Sales System is designed to make sales for you every single day, while giving your audience all the excitement of live launching without you ever having to live launch again what would increasing your current yearly revenue by 40 times look like for you okay nobody's making any income guarantees here but that's exactly what nikki did for her business when she developed her circuit sales system the circuit sales system is the automated system that combines the best of both live launching and evergreen with none of the worst think high conversions and high predictability without the chaos or risk. Get the free on-demand video training at com slash confidence. Get the free on-demand video training at com slash confidence. Well, one of the reasons, one of the big reasons I really wanted to, number one, I'm a huge fan, you know, you're my favorite instructor on Peloton, love your classes, so much fun. But to me, What is so unique about you and so very different that I don't see out there in the world is you really show up and are unscripted and rock your vibe, your thing, whatever it might be that day. And, and it's different on different days. And it, it's really so authentic and real to you. And I'm so curious, I have to ask you, have you always been this way? Did you step into this when you became an adult? How did this all unfold?
1: You know, I've always been an extrovert. I've always been someone just like You know, I was the kid in school that always got in trouble for like talking too much. Like that was definitely on my report card. Like Cody talks too much, like shut his ass up. Like he's just like chatty, chatty, chatty. And I've always just tried to live through authenticity and that's in everything that I do. I've learned it throughout the years and especially like through meditation and therapy and just confronting my own BS that like when you don't live in truth, when you lie to yourself, when you lie to others, you're like you're impeding your joy, you're impeding your happiness. So I just love to show up and be exactly who I am. And and a lot of that is in hopes to inspire other people to be their authentic self. And most importantly, I think it also drives from growing up in the South as a young gay boy and constantly being afraid to be myself in certain scenarios. Let's even talk about, like I was thinking about this the other day, I just did a 30 minute Britney Spears ride and I've been waiting so much because I'm such a Britney Spears fan. What mm-hmm. I remember being in high school in my car and like pulling up into the parking lot in my high school and being like, I got to turn down this Britney Spears because I don't want anybody to think that like I'm gay or this is too much. Or, like this is girly music. And so I think it's once I became an adult, once I accepted who I was, and once I had these platforms to express myself, I was like, you know what, I'm going to be exactly who I am so that I can inspire anyone at home, especially those young gay men who don't know who they are, to be their, their themselves, you know?
0: And just so you know, I have a 13-year-old son who is not gay, but he loves, he comes in when I'm on Peloton and will say when he walks in, are you listening to Cody? Because he, <laughs> your message resonates with him and that you're funny and you're outspoken and you're yourself. And I yeah. love him seeing that. So I think it goes beyond, you know, whatever sexuality someone has. It's just that message of like, who cares? Like, this is where we're at and this is what we're doing. This is who I am whether you like it or not. And I, I also like that on your Instagram handle, it says opinionated homosexual, which I flipping applaud that all day long. That takes balls to put stuff like that out there.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think part of my role at Peloton is also not only recruiting, but developing new talent. And so when I'm when I'm in the process of either launching an instructor or giving them feedback and like in their process of things, I always like, I remember saying this to Leanne Hainesview, who's one of the UK instructors. I was like, just have an opinion, have an opinion about things. Don't worry if it's going to be polarizing. Don't worry if it's going to, you know, not not offend, but like, don't worry if some people aren't going to like it. There's going to be people that are going to like it and they're going to connect with you. So I always think it's like, I want to have an opinion no matter how polarizing it is just have an opinion, you know, and like put it out there, stand for something or fall for everything, you know?
0: Absolutely. And I liken that to, you know, there's vanilla that's out there and that's for everybody. However, I'm not vanilla and I appreciate <laughs> that I'm not vanilla. And the more you do, in my experience, show up as that real you, the more you attract the right people to you instead of the wrong ones, which can really complicate things. Have you ever had that where you weren't really showing up as the real you and you started pulling the wrong people towards you?
1: You know, maybe in my maybe in my dance career, I think that a lot of what I was, you know, I enjoyed dance. I did some amazing jobs that I'm really proud of. But a lot of that was for lack of better, like kissing ass or networking or trying to be friends with people that I don't want to be friends with just so I can be seen or get a job or get to the audition. And that was a lot of the reason that I became unhappy with myself in my dance career. Not only was it not like paying the bills like I wanted to, nor did it give me the security, but I just remember thinking to myself, like, I don't want to have to, I hate faking it, to appease anybody else and like I feel like when you fake it or you're not yourself you're you are attracting people that just aren't your folks you know and it's okay that certain people a don't like you or that like you don't click with everybody like you're just not going to please everybody and the sooner that we accept that we can just live in our truth hold our space and and feel comfortable with who we are
0: which is such a beautiful thing. Who taught you that? Was it just the life lessons that you found yourself in doing it the wrong way taught you to pivot? Was it something your parents taught you?
1: As a lot of New Yorkers, or a lot of people who moved to New York, and I, I moved to New York right out of college, so I was twenty-two, and right after the two thousand eight like financial crisis, so just like trying to find my way. And I was one of the hardest things about moving here was. Feeling really alone and not having, you know, you have a, you leave college and you've gathered up these group of people that you feel really comfortable with and you feel like you're really shining and then you kind of like leave college and you start right over in a new big city and completely, not completely lost, but just really trying to find your way. And I was really fortunate to find a chosen family here in New York City of other like really amazing gay men that I just really absolutely love and adore and have learned and have learned from. And it's through that observation of really strong people that I was was given the blueprint of how to move forward, but also just like sit back, watch and like feel inspired by other parts of my family, friend group, just like really being their most authentic self. Like specifically my best friend, Quentin, who I've known from probably close to a decade now, and he's just always paved the way of just being such an authentic person. And it inspired me to just do that myself.
0: Wait, is that the DJ that you had on the ride with you?
1: No, that's John Michael. That's John Michael But my friend. But John Michael, it lives out loud and it's his most authentic self 100% all the time.
0: Yeah, that totally came through on that ride as well. So what took you from this high pressure dance career to ultimately end up a, a master Peloton instructor?
1: sometimes you just like opportunities just come and you have to either be ready for them or be willing to jump into them and fake it. So you make it. And honestly, I was at a point in my life where dance was, like I said, I did some cool stuff, really proud of it, but it was getting to a point where I was getting a little bit older and I could see the industry kind of for what, what it was. And I saw a lot of like either companies or artists using dancers and not paying them and I just was at a point where I was like oh, this is I don't know if this is exactly what I want to be doing moving into my late 20s or you know into 30s and I decided one fall I was just gonna like hustle hard I was gonna take whatever opportunity I could to just make money I just wanted to like get my bank account up, feel secure, whatever. So I was like, there was a point where I was waking up every day, I would go to the gym, I would go to like do either bartending or cater waitering. And then I would go and work at a club at night, bartending and something like that. And then I would get home at four, go to sleep, go to get up, go to the gym, you know, just this constant cycle, just trying to make money. And there was no, really no passion in it. But it was actually at a club that I worked at that which has a show. It has like a, like a burlesque show. And they the choreographer knew that I was a dancer and he was like, Hey, a friend of mine is working for this like digital fitness company, like spinning and they're looking for performers that like are also into fitness. I was like, okay, cool. Like, let me go, like, let me go collect. This is another opportunity to make a little bit of coin. Like, let me pick up some money, like whatever. So, you know, I walked in for my interview, headshot resume, and then, you know, um, my old boss, Marion, was just like, you know what, you've got it. You've got such raw talent. I want to see what you can do. And that was the, and that was honestly the opportunity that was given to me. I knew I was at the bottom of the totem pole. I knew I was going to have to fake a lot, but I knew that my hustle, my determination, my resilience was going to get me to where I needed to do. And it took a lot of hours and work, but you know, I made it, you know, I made it, made it through the process. And look at me now, like six years later.
0: It was such an amazing uh, place and opportunity. One, you took the opportunity, right? You were handed the opportunity, but you jumped on it saying, I might not be ready, but I'm going to go in anyhow. And a lot of people are afraid to do that. So that is so definitely, you know, just to double down on yourself and go for it. And two, to know that There's so much opportunity in business for us to be in declining environments, declining brands, declining industries versus growth opportunities, industries, and brands. And that leap that you made into such a fast growing industry, especially now today, given the pandemic and everything you chasing a little potential coin turned out to be starting a completely different career path, which is now setting you up, which I'm so excited for you for so much more opportunity to come. It's just, it's amazing to watch.
1: Well, thank you. Yeah. I, I always like think of like career or I'm not very much like a five-year plan person or like, this is what I'm going to do next. But I, but I always envision myself of being on either stepping stones like in the water and sometimes you're ready to jump to the next thing and sometimes you're not but you have to trust that you have the foundation and all this all this skills that you've learned from one either job or education or experience is going to give you that foundation to just like take that leap and you're going to have to trust that you have everything Enough to learn and grow into the next experience, even though you're not a hundred percent ready or ready, you know, or you, it might not be the perfect thing, you know?
0: Yes. And that's it. I love that analogy with the steps. It's so good. When you were, transitioning through this period with the pandemic and as we all went through it with you, right. To, in my experience, I mean, Peloton gave me life. I don't know what I would have done without it. That was like the only outside human connection that you have, right. When you're stuck and, and even to see you because you and you still are going into the studio it's that sense at least it gives us that sense of like oh it's a studio and he's there and life yeah. is a little normal right like oh my gosh i get i am so excited to see that what was that like for you as a leader with the pressure of a whole community on you to to lift people up Whew.
1: um you know i i think we're we're all processing this in a complete a in a different way each each and every one of us and depending on where we are and what we're going through and I think it changes each and every day sometimes I think sometimes we're so distracted or we're so lost in the news cycle or Instagram or even work and we kind of forget to grieve the process like I you know I don't want to get so dark or deep but our world is you know, there's people dying, there are people losing their jobs and it's hard to hold on to hope and to know that there's a step forward. But what kind of like gave me hope and gave me power was just like, you know, what can I control in this situation? I can stay focused on my job. I know that I have the strength and the ability to create joy. So like, I need to be strong in this moment, do the best that I can, knowing that there are literally millions of people who are feeling the same type of way. And how can I just use movement, music, storytelling to keep people feeling connected and uh, sane and inspired and hopeful? And Peloton is awesome because it's, although our members are very in love with the instructors and, and, and put us on this pedestal, We're just as dependent on our members to show up for us. And we want to lead and we want to be there for each other. So knowing that we have this common space, the the Peloton experience, the app, the tread, the bike, that we can all come together and feel connected and feel like we have someone that is rooting for us in this reciprocal relationship gives me a lot of hope. And I hope that I give others that strength and that power to kind of keep going.
0: Absolutely. You absolutely do. I like how you articulated. Music, movement, and storytelling, which you do a fantastic job storytelling. So sometimes you don't realize you're working out, which for me, I'm there for that. That's what I, you know, I love that because you're out of breath, you're burning calories, you're having fun, but you're not even recognizing how hard you're working at the time, which it's like, it really is enveloping and it takes you out of that space. When you get into a bad headspace, which obviously all of us do during this time, there's some days harder than others for me, that escape is really where it's at. So yeah, be, having the high fives right there and people encouraging you, you're shouting people out, but then they're individually shouting us out, you know, on our boards is such a cool and powerful
1: moment during this time. How long have you got a bike or how long have you been with Peloton?
0: Oh my gosh, Cody, this is so crazy. So I'm a, a extrovert and I love being with people. And so I never, I knew what Peloton was, of course, but I never thought about even you know tapping into it because I go to my local spin studios and my local bar classes and you know boot camps and when It was a week before we were on full quarantine. I said, if I'm going to be locked into my apartment for an uncertain amount of time, I'm getting a Peloton right now. And I, you know, Googled and jumped on and bought it. And it said, you know, this bike might not be delivered for X amount of time. And I'm on the phone. And by some miracle, they were able to get this thing in the day before lockdown. And it was... I mean, what a flipping game changer. I don't know what I ha- would have done with it, truly. Like, it's it literally saved me. So I'm, I'm so grateful I got it when I did. And not only, like, as you mentioned, do we have the bike, but, you know, we can cast to the TV and now take your dance class your meditation you know and and all of these other elements too which have been so incredibly helpful did you just pivot to those different things now or had you been wanting to branch out to those things and bring those to light as well
1: Peloton is always looking for new ways to get people to move to to connect you know, we started as a, as an indoor cycling digital space, and we've grown to so many different pieces of content. And that's why our roster has grown so much as well. And I want to inspire people in as many ways as I can. And recently I just launched meditation in June, meditation content. And I've actually been a meditator for about four years. And I started my training as a teacher about two and a half ago. And that was like a, six months uh, teacher training program. And then I also did a week long silent meditation retreat outside of Seattle, which was one of the most unique and challenging experiences, but one of the most rewarding experiences I've ever had. It was so, but I probably like four or five days in, I was like, I'm a jail. I can like, I can really like, I am so in tune and know what's going on. I was like, wow, that that's always been in the works. And I even have my my certification, and, but I got my certification like a year and a half ago. I think timing is everything. And it finally kind of like all the stars aligned for me to start moving into that content space. And I'm really happy that I kind of waited, but I'm really happy with the content that I've been putting up for meditation. And then dance cardio is always an idea that we were playing with. And I'm so happy that we actually kind of tested the waters right before we, we recorded everything like right before quarantine. And it got such an amazing response because people were locked in their homes and just like craving something fun for for themselves to do or to do with their families. So yeah, I think those are just things that I'm authentically into and have expertise in and using that to bring other people joy is just like the cherry on top.
0: That's amazing. I can't believe you did one week. Knowing how much you talk, I cannot believe you did one week without speaking. Wasn't it killing you?
1: You know, there was definitely parts where I was like, felt really weak, but it was, it, it was incredibly like a unique experience. And I felt at times really, really clear and really, really like also living in New York and having this job that's constantly go, 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 like literally constantly going to have that moment to press pause to breathe to just connect with myself was just so rewarding and on top of that no phones no no books no nothing no tv nothing so but it was so cool
0: wow i mean you're getting major credit but i i just i don't know that i could ever do it that is serious goals
1: It's, it's not for everybody, but I, and I, I, I don't know when the next time I would jump into an experience like that, but I'm super glad that I did it.
0: (laughs) Well, you might need it after this pandemic, because I feel like there is so much on all of you and how has it been for you? I shared that I love that you go into studio, but was that something, was that a hard decision to make? Was that, did you feel nervous going in there at first? How did that work out?
1: if you, if you're talking to me back in March or a, April, I think we were all just like, we don't know, we, we don't know what's going on. And there's so much misinformation in there's You don't know what's going on. You don't know what this, this virus is doing. Um, you don't know how to react. You don't know what's safe. You don't know what's not safe. So I think at first a lot of fear set in and I was just trying to find opportunities to show up for our community, but also stay safe and stay safe for our employees and anybody that's involved with the company. So we did take a break. We did close down the studio for about four to six weeks or something like that, where we weren't in the studio and some of my colleagues were doing classes from home. And that was just, you know, we didn't know what's going on. Let's keep everyone safe. Let's let's stay in it. But I think the more that also Peloton could like gather the information, gather resources to make sure that we're all safe and doing everything the best that we can That for me took any sort of fear out of it. I'm at a place where, you know, fortunately we're in New York here, we kind of peaked at the beginning and we were the first ones to get hit really hard. And I think we've learned, we've learned how to navigate this space. I'm super proud of, you know, New York, we always get this bad rap that New Yorkers are mean and we, you know, this sort of stuff, but I do feel really proud of our, of this city. And like, it does feel like this large, but, intimate community. And I'm just proud of us for showing up, taking care of each other, you know, doing the social distancing, wearing the mask, taking care of each other. So I don't have that fear anymore of going into anywhere right now, as long as you're being safe and you're doing, and you're doing what's socially responsible.
0: Yeah, I was excited to see that you got away on the beach. I was, of course, follow your Instagram and saw that, you you know, we all cried that you were taking a few days off, but happy that you <laughs> got, a, we were happy that you got a little break. I'm in Miami where we're the new epicenter now and it's a complete disaster. What is it like now? Is it more back to normal or no, just, you know, definitely this new normal?
1: I think it is a new normal. and I, and, and, you know, everyone's scared right now because there's so much unknown and what I say is like this is not going to be forever we're not going to be wearing masks forever there's going to be a time that we nothing like this lasts forever we're going to get out of it we're going to persevere we always do right like look at our lives like I'm 33 years old I've been through a lot of things I've been through a lot of ups and downs I've had a lot of traumas but guess what I'm standing here I've made it through it and not everything lasts forever New York I mean you know we're we're still cautious like the gyms are closed restaurants you can't you can't dine in but you can dine out and it's nice to see the city kind of come back to life but we also don't have all the tourists here so it's really nice like there's no traffic there's not like big waits at restaurants like the parks are still like popping but not overcrowded so i think we've learned what to do we're doing it and we're making the best out of it and you know i As much as I, like I use summer as a trap, like to travel and like get away and something about having to be here and either connecting with those who are close to me has been such a blessing. I think I, even though we're doing social, like this year we did Pride. We went to a Black Lives Matter March and then we had like a social distant date in the park with everybody. And I don't know, there's like something about that intimacy and taking the time and to savor the people that you're with is special, you know, and I think this will be a time that it will never forget.
0: When I started podcasting, an online store was the furthest thing from my mind. Now I'm selling my group coaching on the regular and it is just so easy all because I use Shopify. .com and enter vip that's cbdistillery.com and enter vip at cbdistillery.com That is for sure. This is one for the history books, no doubt. Now, as I mentioned, when we first got on, I mean, to me, I feel like you need to be jumping on with Bravo. We need to have the behind the scenes, Cody Rigsby reality show. What is going on with that?
1: One step at a time, you know, I love Peloton and I have no, no plans of going anywhere. It's so like, this is always going to be going to be my base. Any opportunities Any opportunities that come my way that I can expand my platform and have a voice to inspire people I'm going to take, let's get there. But, you know, I'll be honest, like, I don't know if like the Bravo situation is for me. I don't want to be like fighting with friends on TV. But if I can find something where I'm like inspiring people and spreading joy and love and fun and all that sort of good vibes, I'm here for that.
0: Uh, we know you are so here for that. And we are so here for you, Cody. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for inspiring, shining your light with us every day. Please tell everyone where they can find you.
1: They can find me on Instagram at Cody Rigsby, just my full name. And of course, on the Peloton Bike and app, you can come take cycling, strength, dance cardio, meditation classes with me. If you haven't ever experienced Peloton or are curious about it, the app is on a free trial And that takes no hardware or equipment. So you can just download it to your phone and feel the fantasy.
0: That is a major gift. Thank you, Cody, so much. And I will see you on my bike later today.
1: Bye, Boo. I
0: asked you to try to find your passion. Hi, and welcome back. I hope you loved meeting Cody as much as I loved hanging out with him. He is fantastic. And if you haven't checked him out yet on Peloton, go take a class. You will flipping. Love it. I mean, I'm obsessed. Okay, so on to my Q&A segment. And actually, I want to ask you a question first and foremost. You know, we're looking at adding more shows each week. I want to hear from you. Do you want more shows each week? And what kind of shows do you want? Should I just be recording on my own, giving tips and tricks? Should I just be answering questions? Should I just be sharing what I'm going through in my journey? Or should I be going back and editing out, you know, best moments of the past year now that we've been up and running for a year. So I would love to hear that from you. I would love your feedback as we're evaluating, adding shows, adding episodes. I would love to hear what you think. Okay, first question. Came on LinkedIn. I recently came across your TEDx talk, which P.S., if you haven't listened to my TEDx talk, it's 10 minutes out of your life. You gotta listen to it. It is the bomb. I'm so proud of it. I was so freaking scared that day. I have never been more nervous about a talk in my life, and I, I did a really good job. I'm super proud of that. Okay, so check it out. And yes, it's promoted to TED, which I didn't even know was a thing. I didn't know you could get promoted to TED, but apparently you can. Okay, I recently came across your TEDx talk, and I was absolutely taken aback by how powerfully you conduct yourself. Thank you. I watched a few more of your videos, and I'm just so inspired by you and all that you have accomplished. I was wondering how you were able to learn to speak so well in public. Do you have any advice you could share? So here's the thing, and I want people to know this. It's super important to me and people know this. I got into sales leadership being a sales manager when I was 21 years old. I'm 45. At 21 years old, I started running sales meetings. What that is, is basically a speech for an hour where you stand up in front of a group of people and you have to talk. I am sure they were not amazing at first, but when you're doing something every single week for 24 years, you get really good at it, right? Like picture you, if you did something every single week for an hour for 24 years, do you think you'd be better at it? I'm going to go ahead and check the box that says, yes, you would. So I have, put in a tremendous amount of reps on speaking. And in my old industry, when I was back in the radio business, people didn't get paid to speak. You just you were expected to speak as part of our community, our jobs, whatever. So I would get asked to go to things. I would donate my time and I would go speak at things. And sometimes it was on huge stages, sometimes small ones, sometimes local schools, sometimes like 10 days after I gave birth, the CEO that I worked for at the time had me go to his alma mater and give a speech whole different story. But so my point is I spoke in very different environments to completely different audiences at a very high frequency for two decades. That really helps. And and there aren't cutting corners on that. Now, that's not the only way to become a better speaker or a good speaker, but I do want you to recognize that a lot of times now I'll hear people say, oh, you're a confidence expert. And I laugh. I I say, really? I've got... Almost three years in right now into this whole, you know, since I two years ago, I put out the book Confidence Creator. A year ago, I launched this podcast, Creating Confidence. You know, I've kind of gotten into this space over the past couple of years. To me, that's not an expert. If you want to point to something I'm an expert at, I was delivering hundreds of millions of dollars of revenue annually in corporate America leading sales teams. That's my expertise. I did it for two decades, right? I do believe, my opinion... You have to have a certain amount of reps in, a certain amount of hours in on something to really be an expert. Now, there's always hacks, right? So the number one hack for me with speaking is practicing at home. I practice in front of my son. I practice in front of a mirror. I video myself. I critique myself. I practice, practice, and practice. Because the more comfortable I am with something, the more confident I'll be on a stage or in front of a computer now with this weird virtual speaking world. So point is, know your material, the more comfortable you are on it. If I had to speak at an event about how to learn how to speak Spanish, I'd be screwed. I don't know how to speak Spanish, right? So it doesn't matter what how great of a speaker you are if you don't understand your content really well. My best speeches that I've given in, in my life are the ones where I just go off the cuff and riff and talk about my experiences and, you know, something I'm really confident in. Those are the ones you'll be best at, too. So, be mindful of that, be intentional about it, and pick topics that you feel comfortable and confident speaking on. Put the, the time in, prep, work, do it for other people ahead of time, do it for yourself many times, and do it on video. Okay, I truly live this. Like, you have to know that I am the person that puts the reps in on this stuff to make sure that I do a good job. Okay, next. Another hack that I have, and I did this on my TED Talk, I put key big moments. So in my TED Talk, there was, I don't know, six or ten of them. And I had them, like, essentially on poster board all over my condo. My son thought I was crazy. I, like, plastered them on the wall. He said, why are there signs out here about your TED Talk? And I said, because I want to remember them. I want to remember the powerful moment. So I, I somewhat pause and own that moment. That's a really powerful tip when you're speaking is to own certain power moments. So one of mine was when you are a threat, you will always be the target. So I had that plastered somewhere here. You know, so I, I had a bunch of those moments and so much so and I practiced that way. So I was visualizing. I was seeing it. I was practicing it. And I was really slowing myself down in that moment. and I can see myself now when I watch my TED Talk. I nail those those power moments. You want to nail your power moments, right? So ask yourself this question. What is your objective? What do you want them to take away from your talk? And bullet point those things down just very simply. This isn't like some big deal. It's just real simple. What do you want them to walk away with? Okay, next, you got to tell a story. No one likes to sit and watch slides of numbers. You know, poor CFOs, they have to sit there and run through numbers all the time. Well, that's boring. People want to be interested. They want to be surprised, engaged. You know, they want to be paying attention and you want them paying attention. So I always lead with a story, no matter what. I'm coming out hot with a story because you have that first, you know, 60 seconds to grab these people. So sometimes I make it something shocking, emotionally, you know, heartfelt, whatever. But be real, be you and tell a story. And the story leads you into a teaching. That's really important. And I've actually gotten some feedback in, in one instance that I did too much story without enough specific direction on their step. So I learn, you know, I always ask for feedback on every single speech I give every speaking opportunity. I read all the DMS you send me. Anyone sends me, I want to see what's connecting and what's not. Those are litmus tests for you to then implement into your next book or your next speech or your next, whatever. Right. So, acknowledge the feedback you get. I keep a document, you know, that says feedback from talks on the things that people really like. And then I make sure no matter what, I incorporate that in the next one. And then I test different things and evaluate, oh, that landed, that didn't, you know, whatever. So you're always getting better. You're always growing. You're always evolving. And feedback is a super helpful way to direct you, you know, in regards to to what works and what doesn't. Okay. Another tip with speaking, go to the location ahead of time, I went to the TED location a couple weeks ahead of time, walked around, it took pictures, took video. I stood on the stage. I danced around. You want to see yourself in that location, killing it. Another thing that works really well for me is I have a routine that I go through and this, you have no idea, it transforms my mindset. I dress a certain way. I wear my power colors. I write notes on the bottom of my shoes. I can, I will. I bring lavender with me in case I get nervous because I can sniff that quickly. It's subtle, it calms me, it reminds me of my routine. I have a playlist that hasn't changed in the past two and a half years that is my I am about to kill it playlist. And when that music hits, and yes, it's Drake, it's Jay-Z, it's I mean, it's all of my rap that I worship and love, and that's what works for me. When I hit that playlist get out, get off the road, get out of my way, get off the stairs, I'm coming for you. And I just know from the minute I hear that playlist, it just, it's like, I'm trained to know I'm about to go crush it. And you can train yourself that same way. It's just, it's the habit and, and the repeated process, right? And then listen, the other thing that I did with my TEDx talk was I lowered expectations on myself. I started getting super scared right before I walked out. And I said, I closed my eyes and I said, if you go out there and bomb, I'm going to be so proud of you. If you don't walk out there, you're never going to forgive yourself. Just go out there and give it a shot. You know, you're not going to die from this. And when I just lowered the pressure of doing it perfectly, doing amazing and just saying, just doing it's good enough. That's how I got myself to walk out into that little red dot. And that's how you can too. Okay. Next question. So those are just a few tips. Uh, And I I actually, I think I'll do another episode on this because I get a lot of questions from you guys about speaking. Okay, Heather, saw your post on conversation about price. Okay, this was something I posted on LinkedIn. I sell a service, construction. I have to compete against other contractors and people buying these projects are all comparing the competition primarily on price. They have to win the job as well, usually competing on price. How do you put that aside when it's a big part of the outcome? OK, I will not have a conversation around price and we're not selling if we're having the conversation around price. Right, We're already we're set up for failure. So we've got to backtrack. So let's go back to the beginning around the initial engagement. Now, first of all, people do business with people they trust with people they feel safe with, with people they like, right? So trust, safety, liking someone, you know, we've got to exude that or exhibit that on the front end. One of the ways I'm able to do that is building a presence on social media. You can do the same thing. You're building a rapport with people on social media before you're ever having a business discussion with them. Most people that I bring on as clients are coming to me from social media. So they already trust me. They know me. They already like me and they feel safe around me because they're engaging in my community online. Now, that doesn't mean you have to do it that way, but that is one benefit that you can, you know, it's giving yourself an edge, create a personal brand, create a company brand online. So people already trust you, feel safe with you and like you before you're ever getting into any negotiation or conversation with them. Listen, I know the first thing that you're going to say to me is that you want to get right to price and you're going to work with the person that is the cheapest. However, I've got to let you know we're in this very challenging and unique time where safety is of the utmost concern for everyone. I know that you want to be safe. I know that I want to be safe and I have built my company off of that pillar. Safety is of the utmost importance to all of us. Safety in delivering what we promise you. Let me share a couple of different testimonials with you on the work that I've done and how safe people are and how much they trust me because I deliver on my word. You know, and really shift that conversation back to safety and trust and share and highlight the social proof that you have from people saying, oh, my gosh, this is the first construction company I've worked with that delivered on time, that over-delivered, that kept everyone safe, that didn't cause headaches or problems – I'm in a situation right now with COVID. I can't afford to get bad estimates. Every dollar is accounted for and they deliver just as they told me they would. Show and highlight your trust and safety around what you do through the eyes and lens of other consumers because that's the best proof that you can have is from other people's testimonials to your work. Put that on your website, put that on your social media, and bring that to a meeting. You could even say, I'm not the greatest salesperson in the world, but For me, the the best salesperson for me are my clients, and I'd love to showcase a couple of the different stories and feedback they've given me, but I think it'll really put you at ease and and let you know you can trust me, that I'm in for the long haul, and that your project is going to be safest with me. I don't know about those other guys. I don't know about the people that you're saying are cutting price and slashing price, but right now, what I do know is safety is what counts. Your trust is what counts. So, you know, really getting that conversation back to what we know people are thinking about shift the conversation. And another way is to allow people to feel heard, right? You want to listen to them. You want to ask them questions. At the end of the day, it is so not about price. I have to tell you that as a consumer and as a salesperson, I know that you know that when you really think about it, if you really thought to yourself, okay, I could buy a really cheap product that's going to be a little crappy, or I could pay a little bit more and have this amazing product, which one would you do? Do you want to, you know, have the headaches and fallout and actually end up paying more in the long run to fix things because you miss deadlines? Right. So you need to address those fears and really highlight those those issues. And and a lot of times I just tell a story. So I'll say, you know, Jim, I completely get it. I've actually been in your shoes, and at one point, I went on the cheap and I hired a really inexpensive digital marketing agency because I wanted them to accelerate my business and I didn't want to spend a lot. And instead of getting results, I had a really crappy few months not paying a lot of money and getting no results. However, when I decided to really go all in and work with a company that I could trust and I knew would deliver on me and guaranteed results, yeah, they cost a little more. My results were unbelievable. The ROI was there, the return on investment. So it's getting them to focus on what is the end result that they want, poke some holes in the in the people that essentially are just you know price gouging or, or whatever, and create that sense of, can I really trust them? I don't know. I don't see them leading with testimonials. I don't see them with social proof. I don't see them even talking about safety or deadlines. Those things are important to me too, right? So we've got to create that, that questioning of what really does matter and what does one really inexpensive, cheap price actually cost you in the long run? Because we all know in construction, if something is cheaply built, the amount of days, hours, months of reconstruction, reinvestment in fixing what was never done correct in the first place... That's a headache nobody wants, and that's a cost no one can afford. So that's sort of how I would change the conversation. I hope that helps. I hope that answers your question, and I hope you all got some value out of this. If you did, please leave me a review. It helps so, so much. And I'm launching my new August mentoring program in a week. So I have a couple spots left. Go to my website, heathermonahan.com or in the show notes below, and you can get the link and sign up, grab your spot, and you will be a part of this whole experience next month. Thanks so much for being here. And I am with you in this journey on creating confidence. Keep creating yours. I'll be here with you next week.